We have now added a new and revolutionary increase in destruction. Des and Troy. You see, when you put them together, they destroy. All right, folks, welcome back to the Daily Destroyer, the DFS show on the Dynasty Warzone. As always, I'm your host at, at FF Tyler O and joined as always by my man Lou at Lou Dog Sports. Lou, how's it going, man? Good. Been a good week. Uh, it's been cold this week in Denver. Same. And so, uh, you know, I since I have a dog, I have to walk him in the mornings. And every morning I wake up and I'm like, I have to like put on the sweatshirt and fall is here. But when fall is here, that means football. So at good. least there's that side to it where on Sundays, you know, you, you can have some uh, good stuff to watch. All right, quick recap of week two. Week one, uh, so it was a very successful week for me and not Lou. We flip-flopped in week two. Uh, basically, I just I played Kamara, and that was not the play. I went back to him. We shouldn't have done that. And Did I you decided, play Cup? And I did not play Cup. Yeah, I played, Cup I, was I, the big it, one. Yeah, I, I, I did not play Cup again, and that was what uh, – what hit me? I still won thirty percent of my head to heads. Not enough to to come out, uh, you know, on top. But uh, looking for a bounce back week this week. How did week two go for you, Lou? It was pretty good. So uh, yeah, like you said, I played Cooper Cup in my cash team, and the rest of it was pretty solid. I I enter some smaller tournaments that are like ten mans and things like that, and my my team. Um, was successful in those. I also won a ticket for a uh, a lol DFS. That's, that's League um, of Legends for those it's, folks. Yeah, League of Legends. <laughs> it it was a hundred dollar ticket off of I think it was a nine dollar entry. So um, in a couple weeks, I guess I'll I'll uh, have to get back into that and and make a team. But at least it'll be free. It's a hundred dollar entry tournament. So um, it's Could probably you know five figure up top. So. That'll be I'm hoping exciting. for you. I'm hoping yeah. for you, Lou. I'm hoping. <laughs> let's, let's jump into week three, DraftKings main slates, usually talking cash games, but always some, some small entry stuff as well. Let's kick it off with the quarterback, sir. Let's kick it off at the top like we usually do. There's two interesting plays. I'm, I'm going to throw a third in there, even though he's not necessarily priced as a top quarterback, but I think he, he's in that top quarterback range. Those three are going to be Lamar Jackson against the uh, terrible Detroit Lions defense at 7,800. Kyler Murray, who's been absolutely on fire at 8,300, and Josh Allen at 7K. Those are like the top three quarterbacks, let's say. Talk to me real quick about those three. Do you have a favorite? This week, I I kind of preferred Josh Allen, mostly because of price. Um, obviously, what Kyler Murray's been doing has been pretty amazing so far. Um, he's not really running the ball as much as you might think think based on his his fantasy scores you know he has 34 and 38 points um but he only has five rushing attempts in each of those games so it does seem like he's running less but he is running uh 
in the red zone, which obviously leads to more fantasy points. Facing the Jaguars, decent matchup. Um, Good I, matchup. I think I would probably prefer Mahomes, though, this week specifically, just because of game environment, where in my mind it's going to be more likely that the KC – uh, LA game is is more back and forth, and Mahomes is pretty much locked into 300 passing yards in most games, and especially this one in that game environment. I think um, I would lean Mahomes between those two, and then um, I just think for 1,200 cheaper, you can get Josh Allen, and there's a lot you can do with your lineup if with those savings. And you know, Allen's been okay so far; like he hasn't had okay. one of his yep. big games. Uh, he hasn't even hit 20 fantasy points yet, but um, this Washington defense hasn't been as great as we thought they were going to be coming into the season and what we saw last year. And, you know, Josh Allen at home after a couple games of just you know, not his, his best work, I think um, he's due for a good backup. Uh, I mean, bounce back spot here mm-hmm. and he's got that decent floor. He's got pretty similar floor to, um, Kyler Murray for rushing and he just hasn't gotten in the end zone yet. So I think, um, you know, last week it was Zach Moss had a couple of rushing touchdowns, but, um, if Josh Allen runs one in this week, I, I don't really see him, um, being too far off those top guys anyway. So, um, I like Allen. He's got the, up the same upside as, as those other big names and he's cheaper. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Josh Allen is, again, we haven't seen it yet. He's priced pretty low. I think if he was priced up at like 76, 7,700, I would not be even looking his way this week. I mean, the Bills' defense has been playing pretty well. I mean, quarterbacks are have not been scoring points on either side of the ball in, in Bills' games thus far. It's just not been happening that often. Um, I think the, the Bills' defense is better than we thought. But, again, like you mentioned, the Washington uh, football team's defense has, has not – been playing as built so uh let's see that the ceiling's there the floor is there for 7k it feels pretty good let's let's shift down to those cheaper quarterbacks because i think there's two that i wanted to touch on that i think a lot of folks are going to be on this week one is going to be daniel jones at 5800 which is crazy we're talking about starting daniel jones in week three but danny dimes is playing like danny dollars out there in terms of fantasy points at this point and then justin fields at at 5200 i mean we didn't know if he was going to be the starter this week that's why we got the cheap price you know if things go well with justin fields which i know there are a lot of uh justin fields fans out there i am one of them myself this could be the cheapest we see him all year long regardless of the matchup i mean i'm not necessarily worried about the browns uh, they're a solid defense, but they also uh, have shown that they're not great either. So Daniel Jones, 5,800. Justin Fields, 5,200. Talk to me. Yeah, Daniel Jones, it, it's going to be weird the way that I say it, but, I mean, he's he's a discount Kyler Burry right now. He's, <laughs> a, But he is. I mean, he's got a rushing touchdown each each of the two games, and he's running the ball similar amount, and he's passing the ball similar amount, and – for 5,800, he's pretty much showing you he has a 20-point floor in a way. Um, facing the Falcons, who have just such a terrible defense this year, it's just showing it's bad, right? that bad. You know, they're a team where you want to attack for fantasy goodness. And um, I like the Giants a, a decent amount this week in general. And I think Jones, he's got very cheap stackable um, players if you want to use him in your lineup. Uh, we'll get to that later, I'm sure. But you know, with with like Shepard, Slayton, um, and so I like Jones a lot for 5800. 
The difference with Justin Fields, he's 600 cheaper, and we just don't know. There's a lot of unknown um, involved in a rookie quarterback that we haven't seen start before. But you know, he had 10 carries last week, and yeah, he's great. got like – It's great. It wasn't even he, a full game. It was half a game, man. Yeah, and so it, is this going to be like a Jalen Hurts scenario from last year where he comes out in his first few games, he ends up running the ball just as much as he passes it, and then we're – in, in a sense, you have to treat him more like a um, a running back floor where if he, he's, he's if he could get the 100-yard yeah. bonus rushing, yeah. like he, it, if he's going to run the ball 15 times in this game, then why wouldn't you want him? It, it, if you have a running back that's 5,200, you'd consider it. Never mind someone who can also throw for a couple hundred and, and a couple touchdown touchdowns. Or two. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, that, that's what's like it, exciting for Fields is – They've definitely made designed runs for him. And in that sense, that's where it's like his ceiling is there, but it's, it's a lot unknown. So it's, it's tough when it comes to cash. I think depending on what the lineup looks like, I might be interested in it, but there's just so much more. We know when, when you got a guy like Daniel Jones or Josh Allen, as far as cash, that makes me think I'd I'd probably lean them this week. And I think, you know, with the known of Daniel Jones, I think also comes the floor. And th- and that's what has me more on fields than Jones. It's like we know Daniel Jones is susceptible to terrible play. We know he might not always run the ball. We know he's very much turnover prone. I mean, you look at like ever since he started, I mean, shoot, dude, he's had like more. He said at least he's like average to turnover a game at least. And it, it, it's just not great. So, I mean, like I, I, I'm not bought in on Daniel Jones yet. At, at 1500 is a nice price. And the matchup he says great. A, the great matchup. Like he might yeah. not have a better matchup this season. Yeah. I, I would rather go Fields, but I also think that's me as somebody who's been a Fields fan, you know, since the off season, even even when he was in college. So I would much rather go Fields. I think Fields is the real deal. I think there's like a clip that came out today with uh, Nagy talking about Fields, where he's like, oh, like you know, he's getting first team reps, and he's basically saying, like, paraphrasing here, obviously, that like, oh, like he, he's better than we thought. Like, oh my gosh, like he's actually really good. I'm like, well, no shit, you give him the reps. And the dude is legit. So I'm definitely leaning fields if, if I'm going cheaper at quarterback over Daniel Jones. But at the same time, playing Lamar Jackson against the decrepit Lions or Josh Allen at 7K when we know the floor is there seems a bit more enticing for me personally. Yeah. The the issue I have with Lamar this week is just, you know, what if they get out to this early lead and they just don't even need to pass it and they just run the ball. 30 times in this game with, with all of their running backs and different gadget plays and just try to basically, if you're up 14, nothing on the lions, you, you're pretty much coasting to victory at that point. So I don't know if Lamar's upside in a game that might not be as, as back and forth is, is necessarily there this week compared to the other guys in that range, like the Mahomes who's at that point, I'm just going to 400 more go for Mahomes. Um, but I do, think in tournaments I'll end up with some fields lineups. There's so many cheap combos you can do with him and um, against the Browns. I mean, we've seen the Browns do have games that get out of control at times. So um, I think the upside is there. It's not necessarily, I'm not as worried about the matchup as, as maybe I could, whether they have a good defense or not. Did you see that video of uh, miles Garrett? That was going no, around I Twitter earlier. He's, he like had his shirt off. He was just jacked and it's, it's yeah. you know, intimidating and, to some. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the final point about the Ravens though, is they, they're, they just put four defensive players 
on the COVID list. So I think the, and, and we saw the Lions when they went down multiple scores against the 49ers in the first game of the season, they were able to co- almost come back and put some points on the board. I, you know, I think the, the Lions are a bad team, but I think their offense is fine. Like, I don't think their offense is, is bottom basement tier. So I think that with some of the, the, the Ravens defense hasn't been good this year. That's a fact. And the fact that they just put four of their defensive players on COVID, I think there is a bit more of a shootout potential in this game, which leans me a little bit more towards Lamar Jackson than it does. Uh, it sounds like in, on your case of things, but is it before we, we lead into the net, into the running backs here and I ask you for your top three quarterback plays of the week, is there a player that we have not talked about yet that you would like to touch on? Um. I think in tournaments, I have interest in uh, someone like Kirk Cousins. He seemed to have decent floor. Him and him if and Dal- Stafford. If Dalvin's out, if Dalvin's out, man, that they could be passing a lot. Yeah, yeah. So the, those two, they seem to be passing a decent amount and have pretty good offenses in in games that could easily get in the upper fifties of combined points. So. Um, in the mid range, I like Cousins and Stafford for tournaments because I think in cash people are either going to go way up or way down. Going to the running backs. Oh, sorry, your 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 three <laughs> quarterbacks. Who are your three quarterbacks? Give me your three, and then we'll go to running backs. Got ahead of myself. I'm doing uh, Mahomes, Stafford, and Jones. I like it, Mahomes, Stafford, and Jones. We're a little bit different on this one because mine I'd put Lamar and uh, Fields in there, but I digress. Running backs. Start at the top, like we always do. Um, going to be people going back to Henry, man. And, and the, the Colts' defense has not looked great. At 8,600, Derrick Henry, we we just saw last week, like, fade Henry at your own risk. Like, anything can happen with him. Delvin Cook, if he plays, still up in the air. We were recording on a Friday night, so we don't know for sure. 8,400, like, absolutely in play at 8,400. Um, you know, and, and I look at the top and I think those are the guys I'm interested in. Like we can throw Kamara in there if you want to mention it, but after last week he burned me and I'm just not trusting the saints, uh, offense too much. So talk to me about Henry cook as if he's playing. And if you want to throw Kamara in there, feel free. Yeah. I think kind of like what you said with Henry last week was the week to play him. Um, I generally will only play Henry when he's low owned and expected to be loaned and, Last week was a clear example of that where um, people were excited to go to the aerial attack in that game and no one was really playing him. He was, you know, 5% or whatever owned. Uh, This week, people just saw what he did last week. They remember, oh, yeah, this is still Derrick Henry that can put up 50 points and they go back to him. And so I probably won't chase it mostly because of he's 8,600 and. I don't think I need to spend up at running back that much this week. Uh, Running back is a weird position overall. And I think he's one of the safer ones. What, what is exciting about Derrick Henry last week is he had six catches, which I think is a career high. And so if they're going to start using him that way, then he's going to be a lot more interesting. We got got to change how we talk about uh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. This continues for sure. So, you know, it, it's possible if he gets another three, four receptions this game. We're talking about a different. I don't know if he's yeah. he might not be under nine k again for a no. while. So this, it, in that sense, like he could be cheap this week. Um, Kamara, I mean, I'd I'd consider going back to him, but it just seems like the offense is so different now, and against New England, the, 
those are types of games that just end up being super boring and mm-hmm. there's not much action. And for 8,200, you're paying up for a guy who he only had eight rushing attempts last week. So Kamara just, I don't know. We, we thought he was going to have this massive usage this year. And, and a great floor. So it's far. Just, it's just, it's not been, and last week was a, was scary for those, those, you yeah. know, you walk in like Kamara, he's got a good floor and it just did not happen, man. It, it, for 8,200, I'm not playing Kamara this week. It, it's I'm obviously you're playing him in like season long, but it's just there's so many other ways to go to save some money at running back. Like so far, we can save some solid money at quarterback and save some solid money at running back. So it's going to make things interesting as we shift into the other positions here, Lou. But a couple of the guys I want to talk about as we move down the list, just a little bit, guys that you know I'm looking at putting in my lineups, guys that I think are in good positions and are, are well priced. We'll start off with two of them. It's going to be Jonathan Taylor, 6,700 against Tennessee Titans, whose defense has been awful. And he's been getting it. I think he has at least 20 touches in both of his games. And I think the most telling stat in Jonathan Taylor is in two weeks, he's had 13 red zone touches, whether it be handoffs or, or targets, or let's just say 13 red zone looks would be the way I should should frame it. Either target, opportunities, opportunities, exactly. Right. Hasn't punched one in yet. Um, and we know he's he's you know I don't know if I'm calling him an elite running back he's yet, due. but he's he's borderline, so he's due. And then Saquon Barkley. I mean, we talked about it with the Atlanta matchup. It's it's about as soft as it's going to get all year. Sixty five hundred. He handled pretty much majority of the running back snaps, and I think he saw seventy five uh, percent of those touches as well. So yeah, and, and he was off injury report this week. So I, I think it's wheels up on Saquon Barkley. He is an elite back. He, he's borderline generational. Don't want to get into that argument right now, but. 6,500 Saquon Barkley. We talked about fields at 5,200. We may never see him this cheap again. If if Barkley does what we, he's done in the past, we may never see a Barkley at 6,500 again. So Jonathan Taylor, 6,700. Saquon Barkley, 6,500. Talk to me about these two backs that uh, I have some interest in. I think Barkley is going to be relatively common this week because of that workload. But I don't know. At, at the same time, um, he's still – doesn't seem like the same Saquon Barkley Fair. that we had a few, a few years ago. Last week, he had 57 yards, and he had a long of 41. So it's like, for the most part, he hasn't been very efficient with the touches he's getting. Like, he's getting these opportunities. And then, like you said, with Taylor, like Taylor, I'm I'm way more interested in Taylor than, than Barkley, I think. Okay, okay. And, um, also, like, with the, the game they're in, um, they're at Tennessee. Tennessee's defense has been a little iffy so far, but um, like Saquon's in that game that we've already mentioned, we want to be attacking the Falcons' defense. So uh, I have interest in them both for cash, but kind of the idea it's Barkley. The price for sixty five hundred seems seems too good to really pass up in that matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually prefer. I might prefer Joe Mixon. I was just about to bring him up. Isn't man. Joe Mixon the work. same? the same thing as Barkley right now, like the same I mean, reasoning as you would play Barkley. Yeah, paying I, mean, he, Joe Mixon. I, I mean, arguably I think he's getting a little bit more work that, than Barkley yeah. has. Didn't been he have a hundred percent of the uh, running back touches last week? I'm not, I'm not certain, but it was absolutely up there. I mean, he's had, he had 29 attempts, four targets in week one and 20 attempts and two targets in week two. I mean, the, the, the yeah. usage is absolutely there with Mixon. And he's got so, a little tougher of a matchup with the Steelers. Like the Steelers, <sighs> I mean, they're they're tougher than the Falcons. Like that's yes, for sure. That's a fact. That's a fact. But I mean, I might end up playing both. Like the sixty three hundred is is such a good price for Mixon, I think. And it just seems like DraftKings is going to keep pricing him there, even though like, I mean, week one he had uh, 
28 points. So it's, you know, the upside is definitely there for, for Mixon if you trust the Bengals offense in general. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. I think if I'm paying in that range, I might even, I might just go up to Eckler. Like Eckler's in a great matchup. Certainly it's going to be a high, uh, high scoring game. And, you know, in the past we've targeted pass catching running backs against chiefs. Uh, he had nine targets again last yeah. week after zero in week one. So, I mean, I, week one was more of a fluke where we've, we've decided and I, yeah. I feel comfortable saying that. So, I, I mean, I feel safer paying 500 more off of Taylor to pick up Eckler. And then Clyde edwards I think he is a, he's a bit of a polarizing running back right now. I think people who drafted him are a bit disappointed, but at the same time, he's getting decent looks. Like, obviously, it hasn't been ideal as of yet, but things could be coming because he is dominating in terms of running back snaps. It's just not happening for him for some reason. But at 4,800 in a game that I believe is is got a crazy over, I think that game might be over like 50, 50, like 55-ish 55, right now. Yeah, 55 right mm-hmm. now. And I know that, like, you know, Kelsey and Tyreek are the number one and number two weapons by far. They were looking, you know, Miko Hardman's way. Like, he's clearly lower on the pecking order. But still, man, I mean, 4,800 in a game where there's a 55-point over-under, I I expect there to be a decent Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ownership in week three, especially at the 4,800 price. Your thoughts on CEH? Yeah, I think if he was 5,500, we wouldn't even consider him fair in a way. Fair. Like I think it's just the price being under 5k is why we consider him. But I just, it's, I feel like this is the same scenario every week that we look at, look at him is it's like, would you be surprised if he comes out of this game with two touchdowns? No. no. Would no. you be surprised if he had five catches in any game or, you know, a hundred yards in any game? No. But the thing is like his downside risk is, there we've and has we've seen it, it keeps we've showing seen the up. downside risk yeah yeah and it just seems like when they're around the end zone they're more focused on let's pass to kelsey by here or you know do they could do designed runs for tyree kill or me hardman and so that's where like his his floor is is much lower than a lot of these other guys I mean, that we've been talking 6, about. 3.6 TK points um, last week. The, the floor is, is not safe. The floor is bad. So it's I kind risk. of like the pivot of Sony Michelle for that same price. Ooh, it's it's a hot Henderson one. Misses. I ta- yeah, talk um, to me a little bit about this one because Tampa Bay Bucks run defense is elite. So it's a little that. bit of a hot take, yeah. But I just think like if you're you see a lot of other people that have a very similar build as you and they have CEH, but you have Sony Michelle and Sony Michelle is the one that has 50 yards and two touchdowns. Um, that also breaks up a lot of the game stacks that might be with Stafford or Brady from that game. Mm-hmm. Like if, if Sony Michelle comes out of that game with two touchdowns instead of say um, Cooper cup, then all of a sudden like you're doing a lot better. And if, CEH only has 10 points. Yeah, but if CEH, even if he has like 50 yards and one touchdown, if CEH has 10 points and Sonny Michel has 11.5, you're ahead of all those CEH lineups as well. So that's where um, I like him as a pivot play. Um, I don't feel great about it, but um, 
I think he's kind of interesting too off of CEH. But I mean, if you're going to play cash, CEH is probably the play because he'll be more more owned. So that gives you the sort of hedge of if he does get a 20 point game, then you have him in your cash lineup mm-hmm. and you're not way behind because if you don't have, it, it's the type of thing with um, these cheap guys where if you don't have the chalky cheap guy that went off, then you're trailing a lot of people. Running backs before I ask you for, let's say four running backs. Is there any running backs left that you would like to talk to that could be in contention for your top four running back plays of the week? Um, I, in the mid range, I kind of like DeAndre Swift a little bit. Uh, he's he hasn't been touching the ball um, a crazy amount compared to some of these other guys. It, it's fifty eight hundred, but I think he's he's clearly a big part of this offense on a team that is likely to be trailing in most games and and will be dumping the ball off like. Jared Goff loves to just dump the ball off to running back if he can and, you know, short pass Goffs, you know. So um, he had 11 targets in the first game. He had another five last week. So his floor in the passing game seems to be something around like four for 40, let's say. And so he's starting with like eight point floor and then you're expecting another like 40 from um, running the ball. So he seems pretty safe of a floor and he's the type of guy that, that could end up having like a big run or two and in a game where they're trailing could have one of those spike weeks of, you know, six plus catches. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of like DeAndre Swift, especially if you're, if you're building a lineup centered with around Lamar Jackson stack, you bring it back with uh, DeAndre Swift. I think that's a pretty solid team. Your top four running back plays of the week. Lou. Yeah, mine uh, right now. I'm looking at Eckler, uh, Saquon, Joe Mixon, and then um, I'll just say Ceh. Just, just because everyone else is. Because I, I think I would. I think I'm considering him in cash. So that's why I think I'll say him. Fair enough. Let's go to the wide receivers. I mean, we we've talked about fairly cheap running backs, fairly cheap quarterbacks. So that does leave us some options to to pay up a bit at wide receiver in terms of guys that we like you know i look at this wide receiver list like some of the guys that i expect to be higher owned towards the top and i, I guess i'm not going to say higher owned but let's just talk about the guys that i expect to be highest owned on the slate in terms of um you know not in terms of pricing but cooper cup again like the guys just been absolutely on fire 6800 chris godwin with antonio brown out in a game that's supposed to be very pass heavy at 6100 and then of course tyree kill the last week that they really made a point to take Tyreek Hill out of that game. And that's what happened. But 8,400 Tyreek Hill um, can fit in our lineups the way at least I'm constructing them. So these are three guys that I think are going to be very common in a lot of lineups, Cooper cup, Tyreek Hill and Chris Godwin. So talk to me a bit about these three. Yeah. I, I think Tyreek Hill is in play basically every week. He's just that kind of player. And like we said, this, this game has a high total. And whenever there's a high total, the likelihood of him having another one of those 11 catches, 190 yard games that he had in week one is always there. there. It's there. Um, And so he's in play. He's a pretty good, if you're going to pay up, um, just heads up him versus Derrick Henry. I I think I prefer Tyreek this week um, as far as like paying up options. And then, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup is still 
likely underpriced based on how much it seems like Matt D. Stafford prefers throwing the ball to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100-yard bonus and at least a touchdown in each of the first two games. And we've seen this with Cooper Cup in the past where they like getting him the ball by the end zone. And he's similar, similar in a way to um, how Kirk Cousins has favored Adam Thielen over the years. Um, it seems like Stafford's having that sort of connection with Cup. Uh, but because everyone's going to basically be on that play after last week, that's where Robert Woods becomes a really interesting play as well because we know the likelihood of them throwing the ball in that game with with Daryl Henderson out is high. And if defenses start trying to focus more on Cup, then that'll open up um, Robert Woods to have some of his higher spiked games that he's had. Um, so I, I do like that in the mid range and Godwin is probably, uh, my favorite in the other side of the ball. Like you said, with, with Antonio Brown on COVID, um, someone's going to have to get his workload and Godwin seems like the guy who took more of a hit when Antonio Brown showed up that I think it'll, it'll sort of go back to him and in this matchup again, like the Rams have a good defense. Like bo- both of the teams in this game have a good defense, but they're also teams that have good better offenses. Against the run. Better against who, the run too. So right, like, so they're susceptible against the pass. It could be an absolute. Would you consider shootout. them pass funnels? Uh, mm, I think yeah, the Bay, Bucks yes. were Tampa, last year. Yes, for sure. I would say the Bucks are a pass funnel. I'm not sure that I'm there with the Rams just yet. Yeah. So. I mean, I like I like going after that in the in that game, and and like I said, like I don't know if many people are going to be playing Brady and Stafford in tournaments, but they're great plays because that game could easily go off. It could also be a, a seven ten game, so um, I like those guys in the mid range. Uh, if I was going to pay up, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what. Can you trust Calvin Ridley? Compared to some of those not, other guys, and, 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 and not in this game because you know Bradbury's solid. I think that you know if I had to guess, like just you know narrative street kind of shit here, that like you know take Ridley out of the game, um, you know that try to take him out of the game, double team him. Like we can get to why I think that's good for Pitts later, but um, Ridley's just not a guy that I'm necessarily looking to get in my lineup this week. I mean, I, I think he has an okay floor, but there's just so many other ways that I would go with my seven K than Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And I like the guys right above him in the Seattle, Minnesota game a lot more like DK Metcalf and, and Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, 73 and like even Tyler Lockett, 7,400 DK, 7,300 and Jefferson 72. I mean, I mean my, my general rule with them is whichever one's cheaper. And this week DK Metcalf is cheaper. He's due and he's due, but he's more due forgotten. For blow up. I mean, he's getting the same amount of usage um, in terms of like routes, run snaps targets, even as Lockett and yeah. Lockett has just been that guy so far. I mean, I think you know we, we have, we're not like backing this on some serious data, but I, I feel feel in my gut, Lou. Like DK Metcalf is due. Yeah, I like Metcalf. I like stacking that game in general. Um, I don't know if I'll play Wilson, but if I if I'm playing like a Kirk Cousins lineup, I'll bring it back with with DK Metcalf. Um, and what are your thoughts on Adam Thielen? Because he's kind of he's a little cheaper, but. He seems to be a guy who Touchdown gets touchdowns, bust. and now yeah, he used to be. 10 plus catches a game. And now Jefferson seems like the one that's getting the bulk of targets and Adam Thielen's the guy by the end zone. So that's where it's kind of like, it's, it's tough choosing between the two, but 
I think I kind of like doing a, a Justin Jackson and DK Metcalf together. Justin Jackson, yeah. I mean, that's that's sexy, and I don't think a lot of people are going to be on that one as well. Couple, couple other wide receivers that I personally have interest in. Um, look, T. Higgins is officially doubtful. Um, that's going to like lead me directly to. I mean, I like Jamar Chase as always, but I, I think Tyler Boyd at forty seven hundred, like we saw last week. I think it was. It's seven catches for like 72 yards or something like that. Like the floor is there. We just, he gets a touchdown. Things are great. I mean, 4,700 for, for Tyler Boyd. And to me, he's like one of those players where I look at him and I think like, all right, well, this guy has gotten, um, what was it? Terms targets. He had um, four targets in week one, but he had nine targets in week two. It was seven for 73. And with, without Higgins on the field, I mean, 10 targets is, is I feel pretty confident projecting nine to 10 targets to Tyler Boyd in this game. Like we know they're not going to be those deep ball necessarily like break off run long touchdowns for Boyd, but 4,700 in cash games, like his opportunity to easily two X, possibly three X is 4,700 salary is something that, you know, I feel fairly comfortable putting Tyler Boyd in my cash lineups is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I think you have a lot more conviction than I do specifically for Tyler Boyd. But, I mean, when when we're talking about wanting to play a lot of these running backs in the mid-range and maybe pay up for one or two wide receivers, like we're going to have to find some cheaper options. And that's where, that's where a guy like Boyd gets opened up with the injury to T. Higgins. Um, another like cheaper guy that, that I've been looking at is Rondale Moore, who still seems to not get... Price up like even Hopkins after is a game time decision, man. Hopkins is a game time decision. Yeah, if Something if Hopkins is there. out, I likely am playing all the more because I mean he's five k and he we saw it last week. Um, especially if Hopkins is going to be out, then you know, he he could easily get double digit targets in this game, and he had a touchdown last week as well. But um, for five k, he's he's going to have one of the best floors. Um with Hopkins out and especially if you're considering Kyler Murray lineups, like he, he's going to be a, probably I'll, I'll play him over Hopkins just because even if Hopkins is going to play like a rib injury, he could, maybe he's only at 70, 80% or, you know, he only plays that many snaps. So um, really like more as well as like a cheap option. And, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the Chargers um, pass catchers. I mean, talk about this game, 54 and a half total Chargers Chiefs. We know the Chargers are going to throw the ball to keep up. And we talked about Eckler, but then you look at, you know, the, the pass catching side from the um, Chargers. And it, it's it's not – it doesn't cost you a lot to get these guys in your lineup. I believe um, – sorry, yeah. I'm, I'm just Keenan looking for Allen's now, but, price uh, yeah. surprised me that it was – under 7k i expected yeah. it to be like 7k flat 16. or whatever yeah i mean but. i mean mike williams is 6400 he's actually out targeted keenan allen to date i don't expect that to keep going but i mean they are they have made a concerted effort to get mike williams involved in the offense and it is yeah. shown through two weeks so 6400 for mike williams and keenan allen at 6600 i think like just considering the price difference like i'd probably lean keenan allen but at 6600 like yeah Keenan Allen is, in my opinion, a bit of a glaring value in a game where we expect a lot of points. Yeah, they're both they're both at good price points that I would play them. But like you said, it's for two hundred more, you're getting the more sure thing in Keenan Allen. I mean, we've seen it in the past where Mike Williams could come out of this game with like one catch, but um, 
he might be more likely to get touchdowns, but this also could be one of those Keenan Allen 16 catch games, you know? So, um, yeah, I think between Eckler, Allen, and um, Mike Williams, one of them is getting is getting 20 points this week in that matchup. So um, it's kind of like choosing which one you want. Um, but, yeah, I like Keenan a lot this week. All right, before I ask you for let's go five wide receivers that you like this week. Is there one wide receiver that you'd put in your five that we have not talked about? Um. Well, I kind of talked about earlier the Giants guys. I like them, but I don't know if I'd play them solo. I think I'll just play them in Jones stacks. Um, and then maybe Slayton by himself because he's only 4,600. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, we've pretty much talked about the guys that I like. Marquise Brown, if you're playing a, a Lamar stack, I think is – is in play. Um, he's been targeted a lot, but he might be regressing a little coming up because he has back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. And we we've seen it before where, you know, his, his runs don't necessarily last very long and his duds hit hard. So he's at a, a price at 5,600 that is probably worth playing, but um, there's definitely risk of him having a weak game, especially in that matchup. As I mentioned before, if they get out to an early lead and he wasn't involved at the beginning, then he could easily come out of the game with only say two catches. Your five wide receivers on the week loop. I'm going to go Tyreek Metcalf cup Godwin and more. Like it, dude. Love the calls. Love the calls yeah. there. Shifting to tight end. Let's get the top guys out of the out of the way. Travis Kelsey, eighty two hundred. Always got to pay for this man. Um, and Darren Waller, seventy four hundred. Interest in either? I think I have interest in both. Um, which I don't usually like paying up at tight ends, but this week it seems like you can Wolf. fit it, it's and doable. it seems like they're worth spending for. I mean, we just went through the other positions and. How many other guys at seventy four hundred were we interested in at all? Like, but you got Eckler was, was seventy two hundred, and mm-hmm. um, some of those those other wide receivers. But I mean, this is a week with with Kelsey that if I only play one person from that game, it might end up being Kelsey. Like in, in a lineup, mm-hmm. I mean, his it's we saw it last season. We're still seeing it again this year. He's getting his six plus catches every week and the likelihood of a hundred yard bonus and touchdown is going to be coming up just could happen anytime. So, um, I mean, Kelsey, is it crazy to say Kelsey's floor at this point is 20 fantasy points? Probably not. Probably not. But I mean, he's, he's doing it. I mean, I think in terms of like fantasy points, he's the wide receiver three right now. So it's like, it's pretty nuts. And then Darren Waller, he's uh, more of a, a volume play. That's the issue I have with Waller is he's not as much of a touchdown threat as Kelsey. And for $800, like it might be worth it to just find that for Kelsey. But at standalone value, 7,400, I think if that was a wide receiver who you would be told is going to get six to eight receptions and the likelihood of a hundred yard bonus is there, then I think you'd be interested in them. So why not be interested in, in Waller? Uh, I think he's got a pretty decent matchup at home against Dolphins this week. 
Let's jump down a tier of these tight ends. Talk about a couple of them that I, I have interest in. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 5,200. He is just being fed in a game where I, I think it's going to be a bit more of a shootout than people expect. Um, Mark Andrews at 5K. I, I think he, we talked about this earlier, but I, I'd play him with Lamar. I don't think I'd play him without Lamar, but Detroit defense is terrible. And I think the, the worst part of their terrible defense is their linebacking core. And Mark Andrews has been out there, tons of snaps running a lot of routes. He's absolutely due for something here. And then Kyle Pitts, 4,900. Similar to Mark Andrews, like he's out there. He's running routes. He's getting the snaps. He just hasn't broken out quite yet. And I think that the Pitts breakout is uh, it's going to happen sooner than later. I mean, we, we know he has it in him. So there's this kind of mid-range of tight ends with Hawkinson at 5,200, Mark Andrews at 5K, and Kyle Pitts at 4,900. Three guys who are fairly affordable, and I think all are in some pretty good situations this week. Interest yeah. in these kind of middle-tier tight ends, Lou. Yeah, I think, I think you're going to get the most leverage with – Andrews specifically because I think the most common cash play of them is going to be Hawkinson. And so you're just taking the, an, another guy in that game. And if you're already liking Lamar, then Lamar, I generally like stacking um, Andrews in Lamar lineups. Um, I'm less of a fan of playing him standalone, but fair enough, fair enough. because I think you're playing him mostly for the touchdown upside. So when Lamar's throwing touchdowns, you're getting the you know, double dip there um pitts is in a great spot he's up there in the air yards model he's for as quote-unquote bad as he's been uh i think maybe he's not the the tight end one that people were drafting him in in like dynasty leagues and then in some just, regular yeah, drafts yeah, for sure but um i mean for a rookie like any other rookie if they weren't as hyped up as he was if there was a rookie like like say last year when logan thomas had um, two weeks like this, we all of a sudden were talking about him. He was like in the three Ks. So I think just the fact that Pitts has been more hyped going in that his seven and 12 point performances were kind of looked on as maybe underwhelming. But I think if you're going to tell me that a 4,900 tight end can get you five catches and 70 yards and it's in the game against the giants that they're going to be playing, then, I mean, that's pretty in- enticing to me. Um, 14 targets through two games. So I like Pitts in that game. I think um, he's probably my favorite bring back option in my Jones stacks. And then um, Hawkinson, I'm probably more likely to play in cash because, I mean, he's just the focal point of that offense. He really is, man. They're looking for him everywhere. They're looking for him absolutely everywhere. If Hawkinson gets less than five receptions, in any game this year, I'll probably be shocked. He's their best wide receiver by far. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, it is sad, but also. You don't like your boy Quintus Cephas? Oh, Quintus Cephas. I mean, <laughs> I'm not playing him in my DFS lineups, but near season longs, sure, take a shot. He, he's had a safe He's one. decent, like, wide receiver three in season yeah. long, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's had double digit in PPR. Anyways, let's, let, let's move on. So we've talked about the top end guys, the middle tier guys, the tight ends. If you're punting tight end, I personally don't find myself needing to punt tight end because there is some value to be had at quarterback and the running back, and to an extent, wide receiver this week. But if you were to punt the tight end position, uh, do you have a favorite, one or two? I think an interesting one that you would probably agree on, since you're on fields, is Cole Kmet, 3,200. You know how I am a homer for rookie quarterbacks and their tight ends, but um, I mean, Cole Kmet last, last week did nothing, but week one, he had seven targets, he had you know, five for 40 line. And I think, um, you know, he's, he's facing this 
Browns defense in a game that we could see you know, some decent amount of scoring and we're interested in fields already, then why not look at someone like Komet who you can stack with fields and you could do a stack like fields, Komet and Allen Robinson. And that's what like 11, that's like 14.5 K versus that cousin stack that I, that I named is like 21 K. So it's a really cheap way to stack and be able to get in those guys like uh, a Tyreek Hill with um, an Eckler correlation, or maybe you want to play Derrick Henry in a lineup. And so I think Cole Komet really opens a lot of that up for you. I think two punts that I'm interested in at this point um, at at the 3K range is going to be Fryermuth Steelers. Uh, he he's le- he is officially, in my opinion, taken over. Free run at this point. We saw four targets last game. He was a uh, touchdown score machine in, in college. And I think that, you know, for 3K, I think three or four targets kind of keep coming his way. I mean, for absolutely punting, I, I do like Firemuth as kind of a punt option. And then Gerald Everett there again at 3K. He is... He's really like the distance between him and Disley has been growing in terms of him being the, the number one tight end there. Um, you know, I, I think the floor is obviously with both these guys is pretty sa- like not safe. But I mean, when you're punting tight end, like you're really just hoping for like a fall into the end zone or a couple catches for like 30, 40 yards. So my two favorite tight end punt plays are going to be Fryermuth and Gerald Everett. Yeah, I like I like the uh, the Everett call, and I also have interests similarly to Tyler Higby, especially since last week he was very chalky and he failed for everyone. And I mean, he's, we could be saying the same things going into, if he had five catches um, last week, then we'd be talking about him being chalk again. He's only 4k in a game environment that um, we keep talking about could be high scoring and um, pretty much any game he could end up being the guy instead of cup, who's getting those touchdowns. So um, Higby, who used to be a teammate of Everett, um, is, is the, the other guy I'm looking at. But yeah, I agree yeah, with Everett. Um, I just don't know if you need to punt pay all the way far. down this no, week at tight end. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I feel like I'm just throwing the punts out there just because it's like – Just get – yeah. Tradition and, we are throwing our tight end punts, but like not this week, man. I feel like the running backs in the 6Ks are there. Yeah. other guys. Yeah, the running backs in yeah. 6Ks are there. They're solid – under 7k or 7k wide receivers mm-hmm. there's good quarterbacks like I'm, I'm not seeing a situation where i absolutely need to be punting tight end so uh lou hit me with your three tight end plays of the week uh feel free to add one if we have not talked about one of those three yeah i like hawkinson Pitts, and kelsey we are not punting tight end this week folks mm-hmm. all right let's close it out with defense man you know i think for me it's uh gonna be threefold in terms of defenses that I'm interested in, um, number one is going to be, um, if I, you know, obviously I'm not really paying up for defenses very rarely. It's like whatever fits, right? Um, you know, Titans somewhat fit in there. Like, I think Wentz is playing, but regardless, I'm really not too worried. Um, Titans at 2,400. They're Bengals. Force, they're going to force them out there. Yeah, and, and Bengals 2,100. Like, I'm not – a huge believer in the Pittsburgh offense right now, like big Ben off the injury report, but still a little bit banged up. No Deontay Johnson. We know the line's bad. This game is, is not necessarily, it's got a 43 point over under like the Bengals are a fine pun at 2100. And then we talked about it prior to jumping on the show, but the Raiders, man, 
Uh, if you can fit him in at 3,400, Matt, uh, Max, Max, what's his name? Slipping. Anyways, they, they have two, their pass rushers are Max Crosby and, um, uh, Ngakwe or, or right now. And it's just been two weeks, obviously, but those two guys have been like in terms of getting pressure, like in the top 10 in the NFL. Right. Um, and then you look at the Dolphins offensive line and it is an absolute mismatch. I mean, they're dead last in terms of pass protection. I think the Raiders are going to be running around that backfield and it's Jacoby Brissett. Um, so things are not going to be great. So in the end of the day, like I am absolutely like if I can fit the Raiders in this week, it is feeling like something that I am going to want to do. Um, and then just to, just to throw it back, we got a question from our friend Wheeler here. He likes the Pitts play a lot this week, but Hurst may be a punt play. I, I, it, it's a deep call here, Wheeler. Um, I, yeah, Hurst, I feel like he hasn't been that involved, but I mean, it, I, I like him. I like Hurst. Your thoughts on Hurst, Lou? Yeah, he had, uh, he's only 2,800, which is pretty exciting. Punt, and true punt, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, he had four targets in the first game, one in the second game, but I mean, expect there to be a lot of passing in that game. So um, the likelihood that he catches a, a touchdown, like all you all you need for twenty eight hundred is like he could have one catch, but it could be a touchdown, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's a great spot. some sort a great of differentiator spot. with eight yeah. points. You know, so I mean, I don't hate it, but I if people are going to be playing pits. That's a very easy way to pivot off of that and be part of that same reasoning why people are paying pits. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely, man. And, and defense, man, Cl- close it out here. Some of your favorite defensive plays that maybe I've not mentioned, or you want to uh, just back them up or agree. Yeah. I-, I like your Raiders call just from, if you're going to pay up um, the way that they have been playing on defense definitely leads to the likelihood of uh, defensive touchdowns is which what we like um, the pressure and what you said with the offensive line issues on the dolphins. Um, we usually like to pay down when we're doing this as well. Um, I think the other mid range one I would consider is the Cardinals. Um, they had six sacks and they applied a lot of pressure in, in that Tennessee game. And now they're going to be facing a rookie quarterback who, I mean, I don't know. Would you consider what Lawrence has, has been doing to be a, a rookie struggling, or do you think it's just because he's a rookie and he's just getting his his feet wet out there? I just think Urban Meyer's trash, man. I just think that like so it's it's coaching, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, I I think that that's that's part of it. I think Lawrence is is a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he could be succeeding in a much better situation, but I think Jacksonville just happens to be one of the the worst situations in the NFL right now with. It's just bad, man. Everything I've been seeing, Urban Meyer, it's just – it's brutal. It's not the person that you want to be coaching you. So Yeah. I mean, they, uh, Cardinals yeah. are likely, at least as of now, they're my survivor pick this week. I, I really like them for, in survivor. Um, the issue is they're, they're on the road. But um, uh, the other defenses I'm, I'm pretty interested in, the Titans at 2,400, mm-hmm. um, especially with – I mean, Carson Wentz has zero healthy ankles at this point, right? And he's and you know what? he just uh, might not zero be healthy he knees. Just, he, just, he just might not be very good. Let's yeah, just he that. might not be. And uh, if he gets pulled mid game, like then you got what yeah. Easton's coming in, and so Titans defense. Uh, I've had them in a lot of season long too, and I, they haven't really been that great overall. But more. I think they have a good matchup. They're home, and you know. I think they're all right for the price. And then uh, Bengals is the other one that they're 2100 
And I mean, they're easy to fit, man. Big Ben, he, he kind of looks washed out there too. And he, he might we, just we know be he's, we, he we might know just he's uh, turnover prone. So, um, and no Deontay, the likelihood no of sacks. Blanket. And there's no safety blanket in Deontay. I mean, it's it's in the lines bad, man. I, I bang, uh, Bengals are, are they're in a lot. They're in my lineups right now. At I mean, yeah, it's Bengals just, so seem like fit, the so easiest to way to save money this week is by going Bengals defense. Um, but you know, if you have more, that's when you can you pick up these other teams. But uh, just the way that the Bengals run their defense defense is. Um, even last year, I, I played them a lot in DFS because um, they liked pressure and they've had three sacks each of the first two games. So um, the likelihood, this could be one of those games where Big Ben gets sacked in six, seven times, which we've it doesn't seen have that much protection. Yeah, I mean, Beng- it's, Bengals are in there for me too, man. Um, that That's going to do it for running through all these positions here, Lou. Closing thoughts on week three. I think this is going to be an interesting week as far as um, getting running back correct. I think that's the hardest one this week. There's a lot of plays that are similar or you know iffy with the yep. CH stuff. So um, it's going to be tough, and I think it's going to really come down to what you end up doing at running back. I know last week, um, I think that was last week when um, I usually do three running back build in my uh, cash teams and. Last week I ended up man. doing um, Keenan Allen as my my flex. He just felt safer than other running backs in that range. And I think as we've again, gone through the week. positions, the likelihood of, of me doing something like that again, because I think if the decision is CEH or Rondale Moore, I think I'll be um, feel a lot better about Rondale Moore in that spot. So I think running back has is, is been different this season. And I, it's not as easy to just plug running backs who you can be confident in their workload as it has been in the past. And I think that's just how the NFL is. Especially if Dalvin's out, man. It's, it's one of those situations where Dalvin is out. Does Madison become a pretty good play though? 6k, I think like maybe, but at the same time, he's nothing special. Yeah. They've already priced it in. It's not something that I'm necessarily interested in. So I think like the big thing for me is I'm also looking at four wide receivers. Um, You know, I I was just like building a lineup on the side. Like I'm not going to keep them in the flex, but Question for you, like about the same price, like would you rather play Saquon this week or Keenan Allen? Yeah, I, I mean personally, I'd rather play Keenan Allen, but yeah, I'm, I'm a guy that I just right remembered now. we didn't I don't, we didn't talk about Osborne, did we? No, I think we talked about a pre-show, but we didn't. I mean, thirty dude, thirty. He's a great thirty-five hundred for a guy who like honestly like does he actually have a floor of five receptions? Didn't hasn't he? Um, I think the stat with him. It was something about he has a very high uh, was that? catch rate. It was like I mean, he also has like he has an eighteen catchable balls, eighteen percent target share through through two weeks. Um, he's he's playing like seventy five percent of the snaps so far this season. He's he's running routes on the dropbacks as well. I mean, it's it's thirty five hundred might not come again. Like I don't expect those long touchdowns to go KJ Osborne's way every week. But I mean, especially if Dalvin cooks out. KJ Osborne at 3,500 is probably finding his way into my lineup is a great way to save some cash. Yeah. Yeah. I think at this point he seems like for 3,500 and a guy that you're pretty confident is going to get double digit fancy points like that. That's hard to come by a lot. So um, that's also a game that I like attacking. So five or six targets are, I I, I like attacking that game too. I think the Seattle Vikings game is going to come in a little bit under and then some of these other ones. And there's a lot of pieces there that I'm looking to, to get in my lineup. Yeah. 
All right, Lou, anything else before we jump out of here? No, I think uh, I think we covered it all. All right, well, uh, you're tuning in again. This is the uh, Daily Destroyer, the DFS show on the Dynasty Warzone Network, new this year. So if you're listening, appreciate you jumping in the show. You can find me on Twitter at FFTylero. You can find Lou on Twitter at Sports. That's all we have today, folks. Don't forget, tell somebody you love them. Later. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. We won a game yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.